Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. So often we hear there are too few women in the male-dominated industry of wealth management. While there have been huge pushes in recent years to get more women involved in STEM, there actually hasn't been an equivalent for women in economics. Women make up only 14% of full professors in the U.S. economic departments. In stark contrast to other social sciences where women typically receive over 60% of doctoral degrees, women in economics receive only 35% of doctorates. Our guest today is Anne-Marie May, professor at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Anne-Marie specializes in gender differences in the world of economics and how this impacts public policy. Anne-Marie has really valuable perspective on this issue that I feel as women we should all hear about. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, Anne-Marie, what inspired us most to call and ask you to participate in our podcast today was what you have studied is so significant and such value to so many of us out there who are in the wealth management field or any aspect of finance. What inspired you to study gender equalities in economics? What was it that triggered that interest? Well, women can be very inspiring to each other. I think that's very important. The first year I became a faculty member in the department, I worked with an organization of women graduate students in our College of Business and they wanted to bring a speaker to campus and decided upon Gloria Steinem. And about seven months later, I was on the stage of an auditorium listening to her speak, and I was just enthralled and inspired. At the time, my research focused on political business cycles, that is, how presidents manipulate the economy to enhance their re-election prospects. But I became increasingly interested in the study of gender and the economy, and At the time, gender and the economy was one of those areas where there was very little research, and I wanted to contribute to our understanding of how women were impacted by the economy, but also how limited they were in their economic relationships. And in particular, I became interested in understanding how our economic knowledge was limited because of who was doing research in that field. And to this day, I find it fascinating how our experiences shape our view of the world and sort of color the lens through which we see the world. And they also influence the facts we see as relevant and, of course, impact our theories and understandings in a variety of ways. Now, listening to you talk, I wish I could go back to school and sit in one of your lectures. (laughs) Anne-Marie, why do you think... happy to have you. Well, that would be great. We can never stop learning. Why do you think there's such a push for women in STEM, but not for women in economics? Where do you see the, the disconnect there? Well, that is a very interesting question. And as you say, there has been a big push to bring women into STEM fields. And in some of those STEM fields, we have seen significant changes. Women have made substantial gains, for example, in life sciences and geosciences. However, there are some STEM fields, I call them the recalcitrant STEM field, where little progress has been made and women's participation remains low. Economics is one such field. 
Now, the answer to your question as to why this is so is not an easy one. However, I think it probably has, at least in part, something to do with the culture of the disciplines. So in economics, we have a theoretical model that has as its at its foundation the notion of competition. The value of free markets and perfect competition are woven throughout economic theory. So if women, perhaps due to their experience, have less faith in the power of the market to solve problems and are more likely to see the need for government intervention, then their research will likely take on a different hue and the topics they pursue may be different than their male colleagues. Likewise, if journals where this research is submitted are male-dominated as well, and I can tell you that they are, then it may be that editors and reviewers might find their work less interesting or persuasive than their male colleagues. I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, you're kind of leading yourself into the next question that I had, so I have to thank you. You did that beautifully because I know that when I was reading about some of your research and some of the studies, which, by the way, are very impressive, I know that you've done so much research, and if you could even just share just a touch of that with our listeners, I think it would really give them a feel of what you're talking about today. Well, absolutely. So those advocating for greater gender balance, such as myself, often tacitly assume that women need to be at the table when research is being conducted and when policy is being debated because they presume that women might bring a different perspective because of their experience. But this had never been tested in economics. Economists go through extensive training to get a Ph.D. It's the same training for men as women, and so we were curious to find out if similarly trained male and female economists had shared views or different views. And so a couple of the studies that we've done attempt to answer this question. In the U.S. study, we interviewed or surveyed economists from universities in the U.S. who were similarly trained, and we found, for example, that they have different views on policy. And the largest difference in that study, we found that men were more likely to see things like the wage gap as a result of skills and choices, whereas women were much more likely to see this gap as a lack of equal opportunity. And we found in our EU study, a survey of faculty there, we wondered, well, is that going to be true in the EU as well as the U.S.? So we did a comprehensive survey of EU economists and found that in all five areas that we looked at, there were differences in the views of economists. So that gives us important and powerful evidence to suggest that it is important that women be at the table when policy is being developed, researched, and debated. And that kind of leads us to when you when you're talking about that I going through my mind I kept thinking yes and here we have identified some of the issues and some of the things that need to be addressed but how does the fact that even within our higher institutions of learning that the majority of economic professors are male affect the next generation of economists because women are not seeing other women at that higher level and also the way material is presented, and not necessarily intentionally, but it's a fact. Well, it is an important question because it has significant influences throughout our society. And it happens in subtle ways. As you say, much of the time it's not intentional. But if, as I was advised, one is told don't do gender in their dissertation work, 
as a graduate student. If one is advised that their male colleagues may not appreciate their research on gender topics when they're going up for tenure six years later. If one is advised that the path to promotion to full professor will be less difficult if they pursue topics that are not controversial, then one can see the trajectory of a career and that there is a bit of a problem. As they say, it's it's baby steps. It's throwing the pebble into the water and having it ripple out. And the reason we asked you to join us today is because you are such a great role model for so many of us as women to say, I know that this is what the norm says. And when I'm writing a paper or my thesis or studying for my doctorate, this would be an easier road. But I'm willing to throw the pebble in and begin to start those ripples out so that the next generation of women and the next generation of women can then take that and proceed in a much more successful manner. I can't thank you enough for joining us today because just sharing that, I think when you're a young woman and you're thinking, what do I want to study or what road do I want to take? I remember my daughter being in graduate school and she was a math and finance major and getting her graduate work and they were saying, well, you have to go into investment banking because we don't have enough women. And she thought, no, I I don't have to do that. I want to do what I love as a woman. And I think we have to really be careful of that also, that you, you want to take what you do as women and really explore, but never let the fact that you're going to be a minority, so to speak, stop us. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I I just could not agree more. But thank you so much for having me. And thank you for our listeners in tuning in today in the episodes of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or podcast app and follow us on SoundCloud, Podbeam, and womensradio.com for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.